So this week, Nick and I went to the Association of Lincoln Presenters Conference. We're going to talk about it this week on the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. My name is Jeremy. With me this evening are Rail Splitter Nick. Hey, currently taking a picture of uh, Jeremy's uh, Lincoln Cup. But hey, <laughs> hey podcasters, <laughs> hey. not to make you guys wait. And Rail Splitter Mary. Hey, Rail Splitters. All right, so now that we've got that out of the way, um, uh, welcome to the most recent episode. I think we're on episode 47-ish, maybe, right around there. Oh my uh, shit. I know, it's getting crazy. Wow. Um, so before we want to jump right into Nick and I's experience with a group of wonderful Lincoln presenters, we do like to share news of the Lincoln world, and there was some big news uh, less than a week ago in which uh, we found out that the Abraham Lincoln collection at the Library and Museum in Springfield has digitized the first 33 years of Lincoln's life, essentially, in their collection, which is huge news for professional historians and amateur historians alike, because now we will be able to look at a large number of um, documents from the early life of Abraham Lincoln. So that was very excited, exciting to hear about. What was y'all's take on that? A lot of time scanning. <laughs> Scanning a lot of stuff in. No, I think that's awesome. So, like, you know, an idiot like me could just go on their website and get access to some of that stuff. So, no, I think it's a great thing. It's outstanding. Um, you know, especially with the internet, makes it a lot easier, more accessible to people, more people get to see it. And that's how it should be, I feel. Yeah, my sentiments are the exact same as Nick's. I think it's awesome. And, I use resources like that quite frequently when I'm researching blog posts. Um, and just the fact that it's Lincoln's early life, which maybe not a lot of people understand as much as, you know, when he was president and um, his, like, you know, kind of just leading up to being president. So it's nice to see these documents that we can maybe learn more from him um, by being able to to access them and i think history should be accessible to everybody so this is very very awesome no i you brought up a good point too being his first 33 years um you know that is great especially since they did it like that so now mm -hmm. they're not people aren't going to get you know distracted or want to go to some of the presidential stuff exactly. which has been where people have had a lot of exposure to that um, mm -hmm. So this is given an area of his life maybe that hasn't got the proper exposure and more and more people will get to learn about. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great and hopefully it'll help some of you out there who are looking for um, some primary sources to analyze and look at for um, your work. And who knows, maybe somebody might discover something or discover a pattern or whatever they do in the research to um, discover something new, something Maybe that we hadn't known about. So uh, very, very cool that they are digitizing that so that it is preserved forever, at least in digital form. So It will also help me create a better backstory 
um, to when I'm out there dressed as Abraham Lincoln. Since we call this a segue in the biz. Well, I do. And I was oh, actually. Never mind. I ruined it. He was going to some other point. Uh, I was going to make another. Are you thinking of real... becoming a Lincoln presenter, Nick? <laughs> his beard, no, his no, beard no. was very popular. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I was. I did get a shout out. Sorry, I, I was spoiling some fun here. What do you got? Well, I have another uh, Lincoln-related news story that I was going to use as a segue um, into our story, but maybe maybe we should have talked a little bit before we recorded this. <laughs> Perhaps show. we should have. Uh, <laughs> In Utah, the uh, Republican Party had their convention to choose a potentially choose a nominee for a Senate. Well, a very oh. well-known figure named Mitt Romney. Fillmore was... Lincoln? No, no. Uh, Mitt Romney, of course, is a candidate for Senate in the state of Utah, um, and he did emerge. Wait, as... wait, wait! I thought he was a governor of Massachusetts. He is not the governor of Massachusetts. Uh, he was at one point. He was head. at one point. Um, he's also. His home state is that, you know, his father was the governor of Michigan. He was a governor of Massachusetts, so naturally he's going to run for Senate in Utah. You could do that? Yeah, you can run for Senate in any state you live in. And he's got a house in Utah. Anyway, to get back to my original point. He, whoa, whoa, whoa. One other quick question. If I have two houses in two states, so get, to could get back, I run in both primaries? No, you cannot. Okay. You, can, you got to pick one. Um, <laughs> so Mitt Romney, the story is Mitt Romney's running in a primary. He, you have to get a certain threshold, meet a certain, certain threshold with the delegates to automatically get the nomination. He did not reach that threshold, so he does have a, an opponent. But interestingly, one of his opponents in that primary who did not reach the threshold, who will not be on the ballot, was a person who had legally changed their name to Abe Lincoln. So Mitt Romney defeated Abe Lincoln, literally, in an election of sorts. Um, That person was uh, was an Abraham Lincoln presenter, or at least was trying to. He kind of looked like him. He had the top hat and the beard and everything. And amazingly, and I don't know if I'd be able to find it or not, I clicked on a news source or a news link. It was on social media somewhere about the Lincoln, um, the Lincoln, how he had, had defeated Lincoln, and the news, the the stock photo that I saw was of a Lincoln presenter, who we actually saw this weekend in Freeport, and I got my picture taken with. It was the, the gentleman from California. Oh, no shit. Uh, who very likely will be on the show. He uh, expressed, expressed some interest in being on the show. Um, so I thought that was kind of a small world. So uh, to take us to it, I'll see if I can find that. I think it was on. The only thing crazier would be if we found another Civil War buff who was Canadian. Stay tuned next week. Yes, where that might That <laughs> might actually happen. We recorded next week's episode before we recorded this one, so... Um, if it sounds like we're looking in the future, it's because we kind of are in a, in a weird way. Um, so Nick and I, you may have noticed from our social media accounts uh, this week, traveled not far uh, from us, about 30 miles or so west, to the great city of Freeport, Illinois, to attend the Association of Lincoln Presenters Conference, which is the annual conference that's held for people. And I just wanted to let everybody know a Lincoln presenter uh, may commonly be referred to, commonly though incorrectly, referred to as an impersonator or a reenactor. Um, they prefer to be called presenters. What's the difference? Nothing. Uh, that's just what they prefer to be called. I'm in no position to tell someone what they should or should not be called. So um, I think they would appreciate it if we. Called them by what they want to be called, which is a presenter, not an impersonator, not a reenactor. 
so we saw many uh, Lincoln presenters. Uh, I went down, I was able to go on Thursday evening. The first event of the conference was a theatrical presentation. Uh, three, really, theatrical presentations. It was in a lovely, lovely theater in downtown Freeport. Um, I totally stealthed my way into a parking spot with an electric outlet because I drive an electric vehicle and I wasn't going to have enough charge to get home so I had to kind of steal some electricity from a parking garage which is a whole other story in and of itself but I did make it to the show on time. That's um, what happens when you drive a, a, a little hippie a, mobile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You tree hugger. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Um, so it was my first experience uh, in for the conference was coming into the theater which was fairly dimly lit, very nice old brick theater. Um, but to see 20 to 25 Abraham Lincoln presenters, people who looked varying degrees like Abraham Lincoln, uh, in that dim lit, uh, dimly lit theater, was, uh, it was eerie. It was, felt like I was looking at Abraham Lincoln in many, many, uh, in many faces. Uh, one Lincoln sat down next to me, even though it wasn't his seat. And he said, honestly, this looks like a good place to sit. <laughs> uh, I did everything I could to resist making a theater joke. Oh, uh, too soon. I know. Too yep. soon. Uh, I made one to the to the uh, woman and her daughter behind me, and I don't think they thought it was very funny. Uh, but I was can't, by myself. Can't imagine why. I know. I was by myself. I was kind of nervous, so I make jokes when I'm nervous and whatever. Um, but the first uh, presentation was a... Uh, a, as if there were a debate between Franklin Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln. There was a Franklin Roosevelt presenter who was very, very good. His mannerisms were were, were good. He you know, had, had the wheelchair, the top hat, the cigarette holder. Um, I thought the dialogue left a little to be desired. It was, um, I think, a couple of the answers were kind of staged, like very, very rote um, Roosevelt's the liberal. Lincoln was painted as a conservative, which I would disagree with, especially if we look back to our last episode with David Kent, who talked about um, why Lincoln truly was a liberal, and I, I very, very much believe that. Um, but I, the presentations were good, and I think they, the that show got stronger as it went along um, and really had some nice endearing moments at the end where um, the FDR talked about Social Security and Lincoln talked about um, the legacy of the Civil War. Um, it was very, very well done. Um, the second one was a presentation of a Mary Lincoln and a Jackie Kennedy, um, as if they were, they were they kind of the, the setup was they were there in the Smithsonian at the First Lady exhibit, kind of reflecting on their lives in the White House as First Ladies, um, as widows, as people who, have, who had lost children. Uh, very, very moving. The presentations for both of those figures was outstanding. Uh, Jackie Kennedy's accent, I think, is one of the most difficult accents to pull off because it's not common. I don't know her 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 dialect, I guess, is very unique. You know, there's not a whole lot of regions in the United States where it's like, oh yeah, that sounds like Jackie Kennedy. Um, and the performer who who was presenting her, I thought, did a masterful job at that. Um, the Mary Lincoln, who was actually also the, the host of the whole conference, uh, was a presenter named Laura Keyes. Uh, she did a great job. Very, very well done. Um, pretty wide range of emotions in the script that they used, talking about loss of their husbands, loss of their children, um, 
political triumphs. You know, it was it was just just pretty really 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 well done. Um, and then the final presentation really blew me away. It was a uh, Lincoln and Douglas. Uh, there was a, a Douglas presenter who is the theater director and theater teacher at the high school in Freeport. And then George Buss, who's a very well-known Lincoln presenter, who is from Freeport. Um, and they did um, a presentation as if they were Lincoln and Douglas looking back on their relationship. Um, so they kind of told each other stories, reenacted some debate exchanges, um, and then just kind of delivered some dialogue and character in a way that they blended all these things together in a way that was just really cool. Um, if, if you're ever have an opportunity to see that presentation, because I think they do it from time to time around Illinois, I would recommend it highly. Um, the Stephen Douglas uh, presenter was able to kind of do like a caricature of him, you know, kind of like playing up the villain and playing up the, you know, kind of the more nefarious elements of his character and kind of a more of a comedic acting way and, and evolve that performance into an endearing performance about the reconciliation and it all seemed real. It all rang true. It didn't really feel um, like at one at one moment he was being more comedy. At one moment he was being more serious. He blended those two very nicely. Um, and George Buss's performance of Lincoln is is really amazing. It's you know he's he's very knowledgeable about Lincoln. Clearly, um, he his affect is spot on. Uh, just a just a wonderful wonderful performer. Um, so I was very, very, um, very into that, that performance. I thought it was great. There was a couple times where, um, George Bush particularly would, you know, delivered lines that we know are like Lincoln lines that, that we're very familiar with, but it didn't sound fake or, you know, like he, he was stretching to get him in there. Um, like he gave the famous line about, you know, judge Douglas, if I was two faced, would I pick this one? delivered it perfectly like perfectly there was a laugh line for sure but it didn't feel like he was stretching to try to get it into the dialogue it worked out really well so um so that was the first night um and then the second night nick and i traveled the 30 miles from uh from rockford to freeport um oh real quickly as an aside before i was before i went to the theater show um i did stop by jane adams gravesite um i just bring that up because Dr. Stacy Pratt McDermott, who we've had on the show, who worked with the Lincoln Papers, now works with the Jane Addams Papers, and um, so I stopped over there because I've always wanted to, um, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to give a shout out on Twitter to Dr. Stacy and just let her know that I sent her regards to Jane Addams. But it is amazing that Jane Addams' birthplace and resting place are like six and a half miles from the debate site in in Freeport, which is just kind of a neat, um, kind of a neat confluence confluence is that a word of uh important historic figures uh and then a mile and a half from that was where i was born which really doesn't you know it's cool for me glad it, glad that happened um so anyway uh so then nick and i the next day uh traveled to freeport so i'll turn it over to nick because i've been talking nonstop. so uh nick why don't you take us through a little bit of the beginnings of our of our freeport journey you drove to my house <laughs> you came up to my door right when i was walking out and you go, are you ready? I go, yeah. Got in the car. <laughs> this is riveting for our listeners. A little, little, sure. little small talk as we drove out there. <laughs> no, we drove out there and then, well, we did stop. I haven't been to the Lincoln Douglas site there, uh, but we stopped there, took a few pics. 
Um, and there was a nice little old school milk like dairy shop there um, where Lincoln was eating ice cream inside. <laughs> so we missed a good picture opportunity. As the lady came out like, hey, because we're taking pictures of Lincoln Douglas. It's like, there's an Abraham Lincoln in there. And we're like, yeah, we know. We're going to the thing, lady. Yeah, I did think that was one of my most favorite uh, parts of the whole thing is we were at the Lincoln Douglas debate site, and I thought it was very cool that she thought enough. She's like, clearly these people are here looking at the sites. She thought it would be – I thought that was very kind of her to say, hey, there's a guy in there that looks just like Abraham Lincoln, and he's taking pictures. So I thought that was very endearing. She ruined my shot. So no, I'm just joking. It was extremely nice, actually. The people in Freeport are always nice when I go out there. Uh, shout out to Freeport. Um, so we did that, and then we went to another Lincoln statue, which is actually really cool and is a better representation than Lincoln and Freeport. Um, I don't know what's that one called. It's called Lincoln the Debater. Yeah. There's a joke there. Um, but Lincoln the Debater um, is much more masterful than the other one. So that's all I'm going to say. I can't take him anywhere. (laughs) Then we headed to the dinner. (laughs) And this, holy shit, it was something else. So we pull up. So we're getting there. Uh, Watch your your language, Nick. um, Spoiler alert. (laughs) Go ahead. So we, we, we pull up. And... Like all these Lincolns. First of all, we ended up behind a car, Kentucky, and it was what was the license plate? Like it was, Abe. It was, it was old Abe. It was a Kentucky yeah. license plate, and it said old Abe. Because like, so I'm punching in the directions on my phone, and then I look up, and the car in front of us has a Kentucky plate, and it says old Abe. So I'm like, you know, I think I, I'm, I trust you, Siri, but I'm just gonna go ahead and follow this car. I think we'll end up in the right place. So we we follow the Kentucky Abraham Lincoln into the Freeport Country Club. And then he's like, is this the place? And I'm like, dude, there's literally like five Lincolns and five Mary Lincolns walking into the venue. I think we're at the right place. <laughs> so the, then we pull in and then we're like, we're get, it's like weird as all hell. Like you're getting out and there's like all these Lincolns, you know, Lincoln with a cane, Lincoln with a good beard, Lincoln with a fake beard, Lincoln with a top hat, Lincoln with a top hat. Like I think they all had top hats. Um, so then we go into the venue. And my dumbass, like, like they wanted a check. I, I still have a little bit of beef with this. Like, check. I don't operate with checks. 2018. I don't either. So, I managed to pay. And so I actually had to have Kira write me a check. She actually made me go out to talk to Boyce as he was working parking lot duty at the school because I didn't know how much or who to write it to either. So, but anyways, and then I got like an email a day before and, I, and she's like, oh, have you sent your check? If not, just hold on to it. And then I felt really bad. So I apologize. I go, I am sorry. I'm a grade A slacker. I am the Millard Fillmore of sending checks. I don't think she found that too funny. But then, so we get there, and she's running around. And then, first of all, I'm like the most underdressed person there. Um, Luckily, boy said I couldn't wear my baseball cap, which was the right call on that. And then, like, she comes by, dressed as Mary Lincoln, and is just treating me like Abraham Lincoln. Um, you know, I'm one of those angry nights and then, which it probably wasn't that case. I was probably more paranoid than anything. It was not the case. She's a lovely person. We had a very nice chat. She she is. And I have sent another email today, uh, thanking her and apologizing again. So (laughs) then, then John Wilkes Booth, I kid you not, walked in. John Wilkes Booth. This is a hundred percent true. 
And then, and then Mary Lincoln, who's Laura, is running the show. Not to call her out by her name or anything. But, okay. but no, Mary Lincoln, sorry. Mary Lincoln, you edit that out. Mary Lincoln then approaches John Wil- John Wilkes Booth. Dad was there. Um, just so you know, she she approaches Dad and basically says like they forgot to buy their tickets. So Mary Lincoln kicked out John Wilkes Booth. Rightfully I, I, so. If I didn't see it with my own two eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. We were. I mean, I was a little nervous. I was, you know, you were nervous he was going to come back because he didn't have a ticket to the theater well, either. He was at the theater too, and it was it was on. It was... When you texted me that, I was like, "Like, are you serious? John Wilkes? Someone's dressed up as John Wilkes Booth?" Like, and he, I couldn't believe you know. it either. And it, at the theater, and because they welcome other figures, there was there was a couple. There were a couple grants. There was a great grant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably the best grant I've ever seen. Yeah, and there were. Uh, I know there was somebody in there who also does Jefferson Davis, like. I th- you can be a part of the Lincoln Presenters, the Association of Lincoln Presenters, and not be a Lincoln or a Mary Lincoln. Um, this uh, this young man was John Wilkes Booth, and um, he just stared at us too. He, he was in character to a degree that was frightening. I was oh. I was nervous anyway because like I'm outside my element. Like this is not. Everybody was lovely. Everybody was super friendly. It was the most welcoming environment. But I was still just kind of like. I, am I the odd person out here? Like, how does you know? I don't, I don't really know how this works. And then John Wilkes Booth comes in, and uh, they asked him to leave. Which I mean, he didn't have a ticket for the play either, but um, he didn't have a ticket for the dinner. So it was, you know, it was a mix up. I'm sure they, I'm sure they didn't intend to kick him out, but it's a lot more funny when you tell the story that they kicked out John Wilkes Booth because they did. <laughs> Actually, all parties were very nice about it, yeah. and there was a shaking of hands as they left, so um, it, it worked out. But yeah, I at the end of the day, Mary Lincoln did kick out John Wilkes Booth from the dinner. Yes, yeah, all of that happened, and he was very much in character, and it was kind of scary. It, um, yes. <laughs> um, so we did do a little bit of mingling with uh, some of the Lincolns, and we wanted to record... Well, First, before we started the mingling, we could like see, and I posted this on Twitter, so maybe people saw this. We saw like Lincoln and Grant like off on their own, like in the banquet hall before we were even allowed in there. That was and just an like talking. They, I, they must have been planning on how to take Lee down. And, so and that's that was, all I could think yeah, of. that was George Buss. Um, and I don't know who the Grant was, but he was. They, I, I, they, I believe they arrived together, and they were like they're a perfect height, like build, mm-hmm. demeanor. It was a, it was a fantastic Lincoln and Grant. Well, we talked about that Grant was better than the Grant and Lincoln, hands yes. down. Jared hands Harris. Down. We don't know what he sounded like, but as far as appearance, better than the guy yes. in Lincoln. Yeah, the guy in Lincoln, Jared Harris, who was a fine actor, but I don't know. That's the one casting decision I wasn't a hundred percent on board with. So. Um, and there was another Grant um, who was um, had a really really good uniform on as well, um, and then a couple other characters. I'm not sure if they were if they had characters or if they were um, just kind of dressed in period clothing just to kind of play along. Um, but uh, really, really kind of a neat uh, neat subculture of Lincoln of the Lincoln world to kind of get involved with. And we did chat up a few. We wanted to bring 
some recording equipment and hopefully we she, did but we didn't feel appropriate it, to pull it out the yeah. mic and be like hey talk to us once we kind of started to talk to a few presenters i think it was like oh you know what we probably could have but it was we're still we're still new to the whole podcasting game breaking that ice was a little tough so uh, we didn't actually get any live recording uh, with any presenters. But the guy you met, which is a pitcher on Twitter, um, he's the first guy that actually, he like talked to us. And then, and of course, you know, the beard, the ultimate icebreaker. Mm-hmm. He, he complimented my beard. Um, and he had a killer Lincoln beard. He was really talking it down, but he had the look down, I felt. I thought so too. So... Um, yeah, he, he was awesome. So he ended up talking to us and then we mentioned like, Oh, we're the rail splitter. And then we met like a real freaking rail splitter. Like not like he's a Lincoln impersonator, but like he literally split rails for a living. Um, and he's like, Oh, you got to meet this guy. And then we ended up meeting and he was the guy checking everybody in. So of course a, a rail splitter was checking everybody in. Yep. And he, uh, yeah, he's a Lincoln presenter out of Tennessee. Um, so very, very interesting there. Uh, we did meet a couple Lincoln presenters who I believe, uh, we will have at least one on in upcoming episode. So we will have an episode with a Lincoln presenter. Oh, we saw our boy too. Um, Randy. Yes. Randy Duncan was there. Uh, and he, of course, as always super friendly, uh, remembered us, uh, and chatted a little bit about us. We got to got to do a little check-in with Ranger Rose who, um, he, uh, did that, did the play with who we chatted about. Um, uh, he was, he was definitely there and he was among friends and, um, one of the, you know, they're all pretty accurate, you know, it depends on how long some folks have been doing it. So, so that we, we chit chat. Well, first we went in, then we're like, where the hell do we sit? And then, you know, looking like we looked, we're like, well, we got to sit in a freaking corner. So we picked the corner seat and then, you know, it's all these Lincolns, so of course, you know, boys like, oh, let's go to the bar, and then and you did get hooked up with a nice drink, uh, five dollar, five fingers of bourbon. The the bar the, the bartender was new, and she was being trained, and she put far more. You know, sometimes I drink bourbon at Lincoln events because you know bourbon country is where Lincoln was born, and um, she gave me way more bourbon than I than she should have. <laughs> Well, Which was fine. I didn't get like drunk or anything, but I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm not going to keep this tab open. Let's go ahead and I'll just I'll just have the one." In her defense, you were probably the only person who bought liquor since everybody there was Lincoln, yeah, and Lincoln didn't drink. So, oh, actually, Grant was there. I think he was drunk, so he fell over <laughs> at the end of the night. Man, that guy was sauced. I don't know how he got not up for Shiloh. Not true. Not <laughs> true. I dude, if I would, yeah, you got to go, Grant. You got to go full in. But then our table, we ended up sitting by a, two, um, a couple from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, and then I think that other gentleman was from Wisconsin too, the Lincoln person. No, he was from. Uh, oh, he was Montana. Okay, or oh, Wyoming. Shit. It was Montana or Wyoming? Yeah. So we sat with one Lincoln, and then we from sat my, with these two, another couple. They were uh, from the South, I think. I think they're from Georgia. Georgia, Tennessee, yeah. I think Georgia. So that, so then, it's a buffet dinner. We go up, we get the meal, and then the one guy is like complaining about chicken being there. And then I hope they're not listening. We gave him. Like, oh yeah, that's they might true. Be listening, but anyways, <laughs> I just thought it was humorous. It is what it is. But then we get back to the table, and then we're like eating, and then he like goes and gets this bag, like you know, like a like a bag that you bring to the grocery store, right? Like bring your own bag type thing. 
and he pulls out this tray. It's got tinfoil on it, and they whip it back. They, like, made this cornbread. And then they're, like, offering everybody at the table really nice. Mm -hmm. So, like, everybody's, like, getting cornbread, and we're eating. And then it's, like, dessert time. They go back to the bag, and they bring out this cake she made. And it's on, like, the old-school cake platter, you know, like, where you got, like, the stand and this big dish. So we're passing this huge dish around of, like, this old, like, Lincoln-era cake Mm -hmm. that we were eating. Oh, man, it was wild. It was good. They called it the courting cake, yeah. cake I think. It was based off a recipe that uh, that Lincoln would have had when he was courting Mary Lincoln, Mary Todd at the time. Um, lovely people, uh, to, and to offer food for everybody. I just I just didn't know what the social, you know, what was proper manners. <laughs> we paid for a dinner, and they brought us more dinner. It was awesome. Well, I got two desserts because I definitely hit up that cheesecake, cheesecake which was, was good. Cheesecake really was good. good. So then the presenter goes, and what was the gentleman from the... Oh, yeah, the, so the keynote uh, was billed at, and we're trying to kind of play up the show a little bit. Um, so we're handing out some business cards and trying to network a little bit, and we said, oh, you know, actually the keynote has been on the show because the keynote was Dr. James Cornelius, who's the curator of the Lincoln Collection at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum, and a fascinating, fascinating Lincoln scholar. Um, and, and the whole time we're looking around like, oh, we don't think he's there yet. Like, told I almost, <laughs> I almost convinced myself that he was going to make a grand entrance. Like, they were going to be like, he was just going to come in from the back. Because we never saw him. We didn't see him. Well, it turns out he wasn't able to make it, probably because of the big announcement of the digitization of um, so many records. That's what we're hopeful for. We hope he's in good health and um, all but, that kind of stuff. But if you didn't know us, you're just listening. Oh, I don't see him. Oh, what does he look like? We just... They're probably just like, what a couple of douchebags here <laughs> acting like they know one. Cornelius. Yeah. So and then, and then it wasn't even him, and the damn speaker was there the whole time. So they're yeah. probably thinking, like, they don't even know. Yeah, that they guy. don't Bullshit, he was yeah. on the show. Um, so Ian Hunt, uh, who is the director of uh, acquisitions at the Lincoln Museum, which is a fascinating position, he gave the keynote. And um, Real quick, he's the most badass-looking Lincoln scholar I have seen. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, he, he's, yeah. He looks like he could whip some ass, I would say. Probably. For a Lincoln scholar. He could wrestle, probably, like like Lincoln. Um, so he gave a presentation about his work as the, uh, and, and he, he used the, the Spielberg film as a tie-in, uh, because I think a lot of folks ask about that, and uh, he was part of the team who, uh, he did talk to Steven Spielberg, he did talk to Daniel Day-Lewis, um, but most of the time he was working with production assistants um, on historical accuracies of the film. So he was kind of presenting that and showing scenes from the film and then showing the, talking about the history of it, where they got it right, where they got it wrong. And this was where things went wrong, though, yes. is because I think half the crowd thought that as soon as he said he talked to Spielberg, like he worked on it. Like I, they held him accountable for like every historical inaccuracy that was That's in Lincoln, not, unfairly. I don't want to say they. A, a few of the Lincoln yes, presenters. you're right, you're right. I, I apologize. A couple people in the crowd, I think, like held him accountable. Like he was supposed to, like, stop production and tell Spielberg, no, 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 this is wrong. And then, like he was saying, he talked to like a PA. A PA is like this. Probably a younger person, nervous as shit, and he's going to, oh, Spielberg, I think we need to stop this and reshoot this whole thing because you got an inaccuracy here. Like, that, that person's not going to do that. No. 
So uh, a, a major point of contention arose when um, they played the scene, kind of the famous scene where um, Sally Fields, Mary Lincoln character, um, gets in an argument with Daniel Day-Lewis's Abraham Lincoln, and he uses the term goddamn. Um, I think he says something about, I wish lock her up in the goddamn asylum or something along those lines. And one of the Lincoln presenters adamantly and wholeheartedly believed that Abraham Lincoln, one, would not have said that, and two, he was actually pretty offended that, that we were made to watch that, in his words. Um, so it was an interesting exchange between um, between Ian Hunt and and this particular Lincoln presenter. Not, you know, it, it was what it was, but... But he um, went a little bit further because mm-hmm. it wasn't... Like, a lot of people claim that he never used goddamn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he like said he never swore right. at all. He was very adamant. Like uh, he probably, he's like I would never say that to my wife, and I'm not going to say it as Lincoln. I think was like I'm paraphrasing a quote he threw out right um, at the presenter. And then I mean, I mean even like I was like even I know that he swore. Right. You know, mm-hmm. he was not above, you know, crude talk or anything. Well, and I yeah. think I think the real key point that emerged from that whole exchange was there's a very important and significant difference between a historian and someone who's not a historian, be it a presenter, be it a podcaster, be it anything. Histori- that, that Their life's work is the work of history. In other words, taking what we know, taking what has been documented, and making conclusions based upon that um the presenter's point was because abraham lincoln um in his in his view put in god we trust on the money on the current excuse me on currency that's all he needed to know that lincoln was a religious man fine that's your prerogative if that's how you want to present lincoln that's fine if you were a historian and made that connection you wouldn't be a very good historian because you're taking one very 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 small piece of data and then extrapolating something about somebody's character based on that um and i thought um mr hunt but his, he's super close he's already submitted his dissertation to become dr hunt um made a very good point about he made two very good points really the first one was he's a historian so he does not use the word always and he does not use the word never because there's no way to determine if any historic figure always did something or never did anything, right? So he's saying, I can't say with a degree of historic certainty that Abraham Lincoln never hit his thumb with a hammer or, you know, got kicked by a mule or whatever and didn't say, God damn it, afterwards. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, there's no way we can know that. We can predict with some certainty what he did or did not say. He said, but we can undeniably know for sure that he swore. And they played the, the Ethan Allen story, one of Lincoln's favorite jokes saying, and his point was we have verified from four different accounts, Lincoln telling this story and all four accounts in his expertise as a historian verified that Lincoln indeed told that joke used the word shit, like no doubt about it. He said that whether you, you whether you like it or not, that's he's, he told that joke on multiple occasions. So, um, I thought that was a really well done way of saying this is what a historian's work is, um, which is different than being a Lincoln presenter. Um, I thought it was well made. I thought he handled. Um, I don't. I don't. Wouldn't go so far as to call it heckling. It was definitely disagreement, and it wasn't. It was 
there was something there because a couple of the other Lincoln presenters kind of they had back and forth about you know that's not what he's saying or kind of trying to tell one you know the one individual presenter let I the think, man let the man speak. I think what it was was instead of listening to him, this being the presenter Ian, not uh, the Lincoln presenter, but the keynote address. Yes, excuse me. The keynote, instead of listening to him and gaining more knowledge and understanding a flaw that you had, they were trying to mold the presenter into their um, perception of how they view Lincoln, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And they were refusing to back down to the person who had the higher, um, I don't want to say legal ground, but the higher knowledge ground on this case. And they were not backing down to the point where when we left, the guy was still complaining about it on how Ian responded to it and was not accepting it. And it's, and it had to be frustrating for him um, as the presenter, especially when you were a Lincoln historian and you have seen the documentation, you have taken your time to presented in a clear manner i thought he did and for a person to still refuse it had to be um extremely irritating but he handled it extremely well i felt right and it was um i think it was a small enough conference where that kind of exchange wasn't it, it was awkward for sure but um I do want to make sure, like, we're not saying that the, the event was lovely. Every single person we talked to was so kind. And, you know, when you get a group of like-minded people together, at least Lincoln enthusiasts, it was there was a, definitely a positive vibe. Um, and Laura and her team did an amazing job with the event, um, pulling it off and, and, um, and really, really just compliments all around. That exchange in particular, I just think it's important to talk about on the show because – um, we see that I've seen that happen in a couple different avenues. Mm -hmm. Um, it happens at the, I've, I've seen it happen at national parks where, you know, mm -hmm. people get this attitude that they've read a lot of books so they can tell a park ranger how it's going to be or how, you know, try to stump the ranger or say like, well, you obviously you didn't read this work that says this. And, you know, in a historic, in the history community, I think, um, having justification for your viewpoints is very important, but um, I think that you got to respect people's work and people's profession. I'm not saying mm -hmm. blindly believe them, but I am saying like there is a difference between a historian and someone who's not a historian. Um, there are historians who I disagree with, who I think their conclusions um, may not be accurate, but that conversation is a lot different than, you know, I, I would take that conversation with, with care right instead of saying like well i know this one thing happened this one time ergo your argument is bogus um really to say like i don't know like what about you know try trying to at least at least approach it as a as a historian to the extent that i can well i think it also reflects the current social commentary that we have in 2018 uh, where we don't really listen uh, and I'm not saying this for everybody. In this case, this was one of those examples where an individual wasn't really listening, was more worried about stating his opinion and mm -hmm. getting it out there. And I do want to also add, I mean, there were, this is one Lincoln presenter of many. The majority of them, I, I, I believe, felt as uncomfortable as you and me did 
during that Q&A. Some of them actually spoke up on behalf of Ian um, to try to um, just, not, not that he needed somebody to speak up on him, but like, you know, letting them, he's not saying that he, you know, he wasn't working, you know, side by side with Spielberg. You know, here's what he's saying, you know, trying to like, Calm the gentleman down, I guess, in a sense, is ultimately right. what he was trying to do. The, yeah. the other Lincoln presenters, this is. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, we're, we're telling this as a story, as two people who have never been there. Um, but I could tell you, I, I did enjoy myself. I am glad. And then the couple that we sat by were kind of in the same boat as us. Kind of just Lincoln enthusiasts. And were there. They, they were close, so they paid the money to go and be part of it. And they had nothing but great things to say. We weren't able to be there during the day Friday, but they were absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. And they were loving the presenters, and they said the presenters have been so nice talking to them. Um, so these are also two individuals who were not presenters themselves, I don't believe, mm-hmm. um, and who were there as Lincoln fans and enthusiasts. And they had nothing but great things to say. And they had been there every moment up to that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it really was a great time, and Laura did a nice job with everything. Um, you know, Ian did a great job with it. Um, he was in a tough spot. Speakers weren't working well either for his video no. clip. I've been there. That, that is a, um, that is a tough moment. Um, but he handled it excellently. Um, he had great talking points about the movie, I felt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yep. And I think that, um, uh, it, I, 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 my goal going there was obviously to enjoy myself, but also to kind of get an insight into the culture of Lincoln presentation. Um, and um, that's why that's why I really want to have uh, a presenter on the show, and that's why we're going to do that um, here coming up um, in, a, in a future episode. I, I just the, the culture is fascinating to me, like what what that work is like, how you prepare for that, um, all of those things. And I, I do I did find that. Just that particular exchange, I think, kind of, um, and most of our listeners know that in this show, we certainly, Lincoln, was, Lincoln is certainly a hero of ours, but we, we try to be as rational as we can with our interpretation of him, not to put him up in the stratosphere as this flawless person. And although I do believe that his philosophies line up with a lot of what my philosophies would be now, um, I don't do that blindly, and I don't do that be, uh, because I hope that he would have the same sort of political ideas that I have. Um, I do it because I think he would, legitimately, based on the historic record. Um, but I do think um, some folks, you know, it, it's too easy to look at our historic heroes and just assume that they're just like us, um, except for our flaws. Um, one piece uh, that, and, I, and I, Mary, I, I feel I feel badly that you haven't had a whole lot of chance to ask questions or bring up any points, but real quick, I just want to make one more point that I, or, reiterate one that that Ian um, Ian Hunt had that I really liked that's very important I think for the Lincoln community to notice he he mentioned the fact that there are many figures in Lincoln's life who get pushed down in the process of building Lincoln up the two that are most the biggest victims of this are Mary Lincoln and Thomas Lincoln Um, both of those individuals are often cast as either mentally ill or demanding or um, hateful in times, uh, malicious at times, and Lincoln had to cope with that and rise above in the case of his wife, which is a very unfair and inaccurate portrayal Mm -hmm. of who she was. And his father is often labeled as this shiftless loser, 
you know, who's always chasing a quick dollar and just a failure at everything and really not a very loving and compassionate husband or father, um, which of course is not the case. He was, uh, you know, trying to make it in extremely difficult conditions like everybody else on the frontier. Um, those two points I thought were very well made. Um, and I give him a lot of credit for that, especially because he, he was also in a room full of Mary Lincoln uh, presenters who wanted a little bit of information about their subject. And that actually got uh, a round of, a, well, a spattering of applause because it was at a time where it wasn't, but like that actually led to quite a little applause from right. people. Mm -hmm. The most interesting thing we learned for me and Hunt was there was a great question asking about like the dialect and, you know, the accent of, I think it actually was Mary Lincoln. And was Sally Field close to that? And Sally Field actually, I guess, never visited the museum, he mentioned. But then he talked about how they helped Daniel Day-Lewis figure it out, and it, which was kind of fascinating. The first thing is, during the Great Depression, the WPA hired people to go out and make recordings of people's different dialects and accents across the United States. So they actually kind of looked up, and the idea behind it was all right, let's go to the region Lincoln was from, let's listen to some of these, and then that's how we'll start to build this voice. And then they obviously went after records, um, you know, historical records, talk about, you know, that high-pitched voice. And then they actually had, like, people come out, they had that full face mask um, that they took of Lincoln, you know, and then they actually had the vocal cords there. And they had the FBI, wasn't the FBI mm -hmm. come out there? And the FBI was able to measure like the vocal cords and you could figure out like a pitch of it based on like the length and the diameter of those cords. And based on that, like they believe that the historical records had to be accurate. So like kind of piecing all this together is how Daniel day Lewis came up with it. And then the question was, did he think it was no somebody, he mentioned that a while ago. Somebody asked him, do you think he nailed that voice? And he brings up the fact, I don't know if it was him or somebody else. But, like, at first he didn't like it, but then he started to turn around on it, and then by the end, no, it was, at first he didn't like it, then he was like, oh, okay, and then by the end of the movie, he liked it, and then that's how he knew it was authentic, because that is what so many people have written about and how they responded to it, and I think he referenced a Cooper Union speech mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. that, so um, I thought that was fascinating. Just crazy. Yep. So, Mary, I feel badly that we've been chatting this whole time and Don't you, worry, were, you weren't able to join it. us. Uh, do you have any questions uh, about what we saw or maybe what we learned? Would you guys say it's a conference that Lincoln enthusiasts should consider going to? Like, if they live in that area, like, would they definitely benefit from it? I think so. Um, it's fun just to be around the presenters. They're just interesting people. Um, there was a whole... And we paid for the whole conference. We just weren't able, just because of you know life and work and whatever else. Um, they had a whole slate of activities for days. They had uh, breakout sessions with speakers talking about specific topics. They took a road trip um, another hour west to Galena and went to some grant sites um, and were able to go to the DeSoto House and things like that. They had, they set records. They set the a record for the most Lincolns on a baseball field uh, at Little Wrigley Field. There's a little league park in Freeport that's uh, made to made as a replica to scale of Wrigley Field. I believe they were playing a the Cleveland Indians and one nine nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
there's like a whole bunch of activities um, around it. So I mean, the, and those would have been very cool. And I really, really wish we could have gone. Um, and, and the play, the performances the night before were really, really strong. I, I would say to answer your question, yes, because I think, especially after talking to that couple who had been to the whole presentation at that dinner, um, just the different presentations that were set up, you, you're going to learn some stuff. And then the presenters from them, I, I know we're kind of ragging on the one presenter, but the overall majority of the presenters, they know their stuff. They, they really do. Um, and, and I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Um, the one lady told me the coolest thing she saw is that Lincoln and Grant carrying a conversation in character for about 20 minutes. Wow. But like, in like just to see that and to think about it. Yeah. And, and like... I, I think that would make it worthwhile. And I and I really wish I could have done more. I, I, I just wasn't able to. Um, so definitely if it's close and local, yeah. Like, I definitely think it would be worth to go to. And, and everybody was cool with us. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't know going in if we'd be, like, seen as outsiders. But I don't think that was the case at all. No. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were very open. It was awesome. Nope. Yeah, next year I can't remember. It's in Georgia. It's, it's in Tennessee. Is it in Tennessee oh. or Georgia? Uh, it's in Tennessee. Okay. Um, I'm almost. I'm like ninety percent sure. Or no, or is it in Atlanta? I thought it was Atlanta. No, no, that's what it was. It's in Atlanta next year, but for 2020 there were two cities that were up for it. Uh, I can't remember the name of. I can't remember which city in, in Springfield. In Springfield one. So Springfield wow. will host the. Uh, Lincoln Presenters Association of Lincoln Presenters Conference in 2020. In 2019, awesome. it's in it's either in Atlanta or suburban Atlanta. Um, so that'll be interesting too. I highly doubt we would ever be able to make the one in Atlanta, um, but I might go down for the one in Springfield, depending mm-hmm. on uh, what time of year it is and all that kind of stuff. It's, um, and th- these guys have been all over the place, and ladies. I mean, they were talking about a couple of what, what like Dubai, I believe. Mm-hmm. One presenter wow. event, like across the world. That's that's awesome, I think. Wow, it sounds like it's a great way to kind of like, as you said, Jeremy, like like see that side of the Lincoln culture and mm-hmm. kind of immerse yourself in it to, to understand it a little bit better. But it sounds like you both probably have come away like learning a little bit more about Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, definitely worth it. Um, yeah, last year it was in Lexington. Uh, the year before, it was uh, near his birthplace uh, in Spencer County, Indiana. The year before that, it was in Vandalia. So it looks like it goes Illinois every now and then. Uh, one was in Mississippi, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Greenville, Tennessee. I think that's where it was up for again. Um, and then it was near the birthplace in Kentucky. So it's traveled around quite a lot. Um, and they, you know, It'd make a nice great pictures. documentary <laughs> subject. It really would. Like, yeah. Like, how do you get into that? Like, you know, the balancing of what you would like Lincoln to be versus historical records, you know, the entertainment aspect. There would just be so much fascinating stuff there. It, it really would be interesting. Just kind of, it kind of felt like there was kind of clickiness, too. Um, because one of the linkers was kind of like underneath his breath. He's like, "Yeah, I do steampunk Lincoln." Yeah, he which me and Boyce yeah. were like, "We're like, yeah, that's freaking awesome." That's awesome. <laughs> but the, he said it in a very hushed tone. He did not want yeah. others to know that. So I'm yeah. sure there's kind of like fringe. I guess you could call them like fringe members that do stuff that maybe 
the other more his old school presenters might not agree with as much. And I'm sure like each presenter is probably like unique in the way that they present Lincoln because they would all have their own interpretation of who he was. Yeah, that would be very fascinating. Like comparing their presentations yeah. to each other, like documenting that. Yeah. And yeah. like hearing their take on it, that would be very fascinating. And I think that's mm -hmm. what we were kind of getting at with that guy's question earlier, too. Yeah. And it was kind of interesting, too. Another one was talking about, like, oh, you're Lincoln, you got to grow a beard. It's like, you can't do the fake beard. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's, yeah, I was kind of wondering if, because I saw one picture of a Lincoln without a beard, and I thought, well, he must, there surely there must be ones that portray him in his younger days and not just like. I don't think so. Yeah. Like that, that seems to be a there would be a at least a, certainly in Springfield because I don't think I've seen any, which is weird because you yeah. never had a beard in Springfield. Um, I've never really seen uh, like a, a, a lawyer Lincoln or a frontier mm -hmm. Lincoln. Uh, they're they're usually always the president with the top hat and the beard. Um, and it was interesting too because I've seen I've seen some presenters that were very comedic and very kind of a caricature. Mm -hmm. um like the there's there's one couple um I, i've mentioned it on the show a couple times i've run a race the abraham lincoln presidential half marathon in springfield and they have a lincoln who does gives a speech before the the race and he is very the one that they've chosen at least twice when i've been down there very much a kind of a caricature kind of funnier like mm -hmm. he talks about you know he, he always he said i haven't seen this many people ready to run since i looked at my army at the first battle of antietam or the first battle of bull run <laughs> excuse me um you know yeah it's, you know, it's funny and then he one, you know he said a little rap one time um so i thought that that was kind of like a thing like you're either kind of a, a funnier lincoln or you're mm -hmm. more you know this was i got the feeling that this organization is more about accuracy like the, i didn't i didn't get a lot of the over that i think they're they're really striving for for accuracy and in, mm -hmm. in, in dress and presentation and everything which is fine. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but um, I kind of gather that too when uh, we got the feeling that steampunk would have been very much frowned upon. It'd be awesome in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, yeah I don't have a problem with it. Especially, I mean, if you, these are all like really tall, thin people who look a lot like Lincoln. Why not do steampunk sometimes? And um, and I, I did get an email from one of the presenters, uh, who I'm hoping to have on, who actually does do some steampunk, um, on the side. So he's got, um, and he sent me a picture of some various things that he's done. It's pretty fascinating. So, um, we're hopeful to have him on Yeah, the that show. guy was awesome. You yeah. talking about. He, the one guy who was brave enough to talk to us. We did hand out, we do have some business cards. Um, and we did hand them out. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Hey, you, your, your photos, um, on the the twitter account were awesome it was great to to see that um like looks like you guys had a really awesome time there yeah it was it was fun it really was fun yeah i wish i could have got out there for some of the other stuff and just i bad we needed to go out there during the day to be able to get some yeah. of them on the mic yeah but learning experience so definitely mm -hmm. something i would like to do again so they need to get one in Canada. You need to pitch Canada to them. I should, yes, yes. You, you and Christian, you should get you guys together and pitch Canada. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto area. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yep. So we're uh, we're looking forward to some some fun things coming from the show as well. We did make some other contacts contact contacts 
uh, we met um, a representative from the Springfield Visitors Bureau, um, so she could maybe hook us up with some future guests too. So we're hopeful that this also got us some some new show topics. Oh man, well. that's where you nerded out big time. <laughs> She's like, "Have you guys heard of Michael Burlingame?" And then Boyce is like, "Have I? He's my hero." I literally <laughs> said that. I felt like such a not dork. quite in that tone, but it was pretty close. I felt like such like it was. I've never fanboyed, I don't think, really, like I did at that particular moment. She said... I think I coughed. Because <coughs> she was, she's like, she's like, hey, you know, have you heard of, you know, I don't know if you guys know Dr. Cornelius. We're like, oh, yeah, we've had him on the show. And then she said, oh, do you know Dr. Burlingame? And I said, oh, he's like my hero. And, like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, God. I, 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 I just said that out loud, didn't I? And then she's like, he's $3,000. She was there, if he had been the keynote for this. But, I think they had asked maybe about for different keynotes. Oh, I probably shouldn't have mentioned that on there. Yeah, I don't know. But. If you're looking for a keynote for a Lincoln event, we I we I have been and seen him give a keynote at a Lincoln event. It's like a block it away from us right now. Yeah, at uh, right I was not there too. for that. Yeah, it was great, uh, but I did. I totally geeked out, and I didn't really mean to. But you know, it so was maybe. probably the most embarrassing thing of the night. Whatever. So. <laughs> That happens to us all. It sure does. It's it sure never does. happened to me. I mean, look how much I geek out over Sherman on See? Twitter. Yeah. See? I'm not shamed of that. There you go. There you go. You're just trying to make them feel better. Well, we can... I wasn't... I'm not embarrassed by it. Like, I'm, I'm obviously... I host this show. You know, I'm one of the co-hosts of this Lincoln podcast. Like, I'm not embarrassed by my fandom of Lincoln. Uh, this is I, cool, this it is. I agree, but but the way that I said, like, oh my god, he's like my hero. He's like my that hero. was a little. Yeah, it was ridiculous. He, I, oh my god, he's my hero. This is not an embellishment for a story. I literally called Michael Marley came my hero. <laughs> I was just trying to like, I was like, oh yes, I read his book. I really liked it. I saw him speak one time, and yeah. man, you just you know McDermott's. Just making her more mad. Call him Mary Todd Lincoln. Now, now you siding with Burlingame. I know they have beef. Yeah, the that's true. They have beef. Yeah. yeah. Although that did, Springfield lady she said did Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah, we're like, she did. We're like, hey, uh, don't say that around yeah. some people who know. That's right. That is true. So and and I did. I I am on Team McDermott as far as that whole argument. She did. You know. Michael Burlingame is not the end all. I do. I, I am perfectly fine to listen to some other perspectives, but I do really like his books. And he's a great speaker. He's very funny and a good Lincoln scholar. So, anyway, uh, any other questions, Mary, for our uh, our little Lincoln presenter no, uh, experience? You uh, guys did an awesome job explaining it. And again, thank you for posting all those pictures to the Twitter account too. It's great that you know everyone was able to see all of that as well. Yeah, I got Twitter access now. I'll be dropping shit on that all yes. the time. So yeah, you may have seen some slight changes in our Twitter. That's because uh, all three of us now are going to be tweeting. So you'll see our initials after tweets. Um, we didn't talk about it beforehand, but do you? Does anybody have it this week in Lincoln to share with the listeners? Yeah, I'm sure I do. You guys got anything? No, unfortunately. I do, but if you got something. Uh, Available. I was. Uh, we we saw an awful lot of Lincoln this week. Um, oh yeah, you go ahead. That's good. Um, the one we, that you post about, right? Which was what? The one in Rockford that you saw the other day. What? You were eating pizza, and then you came across something. Is that what this week in Lincoln's going to be? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Didn't is, you are you talking? You know what I'm talking about, Mary, right? The retweet of Dr. Stacy's that wood carving. Oh, yeah, that's, that's in Springfield. That? Yeah. No. Never mind. No, no, no. Didn't you go to like your coffee? Oh yeah, place? yeah, yeah. Is so, that what you're gonna use? That wasn't Lincoln. I was. Uh, I went to my son picked a pizza place in Rockford uh, for his birthday dinner. Wood fire. Yeah, wood fire. Dude, your son's got good taste. Yeah, he that could place pick, is the bomb. I know. He could have picked any restaurant in Rockford or any in the world, really. I suppose. He picked that one. But anyway, I never knew it. But uh, we had to wait for a table, so I went on a walk with my daughter just because we were getting a little restless. And um, the that building was actually a building that Frederick Douglass spoke in. So I thought that was very cool. That's cool. cool. And, and a Rockford abolitionist um, who escaped uh, slavery and uh, chose Douglas as his last name. So that was cool. But for this week in Lincoln, Nick is going to supply us with you sure? an actual one. Go for it. Yeah, that's cool. So when we went down to Springfield, uh, I don't even know when that was, this summer? Summer. Yeah. This summer, uh, I brought the camera. I took some pictures. And then... I. Like, Lincoln's all over the place down there, like, um, painting. You know, like, we see a lot of murals, of course, in any Lincoln place, but um, there's, like, this head shop, um, or pipe shop, however you want to refer to it, and there is, like, what I called, I think I labeled it on my Flickr, uh, Grateful Dead Lincoln. <laughs> so, it's basically, you know, you kind of got the acid bears there, and then it's, like, Lincoln, and you have a spaceship directly above him, and, like, the beam of light coming down, kind of, like, in, like, a triangle where the top's, like, towards the top. And you got, like, Lincoln. It looks like he's, like, hula hooping with a giant hat with, like, a Martian acid beard <laughs> standing on top of it. And then, like, the White House in the background. So I'll definitely post this. It's good. That's a good description um, of it, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 a wild picture and i found it and i'm like i do i gotta take a picture of yeah. this this is crazy yeah so. so it's it is on a mural i believe it's on south grand so if you're driving yeah. to the lincoln tomb uh you you'll probably see it it's not far away from the lincoln tomb at all happy days gifts so you can get your lava lamp there i'm sure um your black light posters and you know whatever other paraphernalia um it looks like so yeah interesting all right. Any uh, final parting thoughts, Mary or Nick? No, that was awesome. It was great to hear about your experience there. All right. Uh, and Laura, I'm sorry about my check. I am the Miller Fillmore of getting checks to people on time. And Nick literally emailed that to her as if everyone in the universe is in on our inside jokes from the Real Sweater <laughs> Podcast. But she soon will be, hopefully. Hopefully you're listening, Laura. Thanks again for a lovely weekend with the Association of Lincoln Presenters. And she was very nice to us, and she seems to be genuinely interested and excited about our show. Yeah. And I think possible future guests. Yeah, we hope to have her on. If as, I haven't burned any bridges yet. We hope to have her on as a Mary Lincoln presenter uh, at some point as well. So um, we had a lovely experience, um, and our hats off to... Um, the future Dr. Ian Hunt for his work um, in, as the keynote speaker and also as the director of acquisitions. Um, all of the Lincoln presenters, all of them were lovely people and were very welcoming to us and um, willing to talk to us as well. So I hope uh, everybody understands that from our little story. Except and, for maybe that one guy. But. Well, I was trying to cover up for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, so thank you to for all the folks. And I also, just as an aside, being a North Central Illinoisan, I just think it's amazing and great that that conference came to Freeport. Um, they obviously spent some money in town. They 
uh, went to local establishments and local hotels and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think it's always important to thank folks for doing that to our localities. So thank you for coming to Northern Illinois with that conference. And uh, Hey, that, that was going to make this the longest close ever. Um, how's our soccer team doing? Oh, White House. Remember there's a guy in the, the Lincoln, Lincoln Town, the Imps? Yeah. Lincoln Town FC. Uh, there's a player on the team named whose last name is Whitehouse, who's just, of course, our favorite player. Uh, he scored a goal. They won two to one. Uh, they're, I believe, in like fifth or sixth place right now in League Two. So, Lincoln Town FC, they're hanging in there. Uh, and we can always, we're always happy. We need to go to England and go to a game, and then just start bringing the mic and like, hey, what's your thoughts on Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. And then start a Lincoln chant because they love to chant at soccer games, I believe. Um, yeah, that's what we need to do. Yep, Lincoln City. So their their most recent uh, match, uh, they they beat Colchester United two to one. Uh, the first goal, they was... beat Manchester United. No, yes. They did not. <laughs> uh, their first goal was by Elliot Whitehouse in the fifty fifth minute. Whitehouse scoring for Lincoln City. Uh, Colchester equalized in the sixtieth minute, and then in the ninety fourth minute, Luke Waterfall. <laughs> Why are their names so much better over there? Luke Waterfall scores the winner to go up 2-1. to one. Uh, It's always good to know that we play hard. Michael Bostwick in the 83rd minute, straight red card. Yeah, it's my boy. <laughs> don't even don't even bother with a yellow first. So anyway. Hey, so, uh, hey uh, keep this longest close ever going as Barry keeps yawning in here. Um, hey, rate us on iTunes. We haven't got one in a while. Yes. Yeah, please give us a rating or a review on iTunes. We will read it on the air. And we do appreciate when that happens. So um, please check us out on iTunes. We are at RailsplitterPod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can always email us at the RailsplitterPodcast uh, at gmail.com. So now, finally, Mary, not Nick, any uh, parting thoughts? No, oh, I think that was awesome. All right. Great show. Uh, well, we may not make it down to Atlanta, but we may uh, catch the Lincoln Presenters Conference when it's in Springfield. Who knows? Uh, but uh, next week we will be talking about Civil War music and how it relates to Abraham Lincoln. So we got a good show for you coming up next week as well. But until then, continue to walk the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we will see you next week. <laughs>